Our second Bible reading tonight is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is God's word. Now, friends, uh, what a beautiful song. Why don't you put your hands together and thank this team for uh, blessing us with that song. It's fantastic. And uh, I know they've been here since 2.30 this afternoon, rehearsing, practicing to make sure that God is glorified, that you're able to gather in worship and uh, give, uh, I guess, praise to our God. Friends, just uh, a week ago, uh, you might be aware that uh, 1.5 billion people watched the final of the Football World Cup. And there was joy, this is Argentina, by the way, there was joy, euphoric celebrations in Argentina, and there was worse than that. I think they're still marching around Argentina celebrating, right? They haven't stopped celebrating that week. But on the other hand, for the French, tears, grief, commiserations, the president is there. Sometimes life is good, sometimes not so good. But even the Argentinians, within a few days, maybe for them, they're Latinos, maybe a few weeks, life will go back to normal. It's a glorious, yet a short-lived joy. And you and I know as we gather today at Christmas to worship Christ, that life has many beautiful highs, many beautiful opportunities to rejoice, family, friends and so on. But we also have the normal pains and stresses of life. And sometimes these things are magnified at Christmas, aren't they? Family tensions. How many people don't want to get together with their family this year around the country? Maybe even in here. Financial stress, health issues, loneliness, maybe abuse. Some of are experiencing war in places around the world, some grief, some floods and a terrible cold snap in the United States of America, some places like minus 30 degrees. So don't complain about the heat today. (laughs) 
But 2,000 years ago, there were not 1.5 billion people watching the birth of Jesus. It was a quiet event in a quiet town. But at that point, the birth of this baby Jesus, God stepped into human history to bring us ultimate joy. No wonder we sing those words, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, or joy to the earth, the saviour reigns, let all their songs employ, he rules the world with truth and grace, the wonders of his love, the wonders of his love, the wonders, the wonders of his love. Friends, it was an outrageous act of love that took place on Christmas morning. God became human to bring us ultimate joy. He will be called Emmanuel, the Bible says, meaning God with us. God steps into human history to be our saviour. Now, Charles Spurgeon was a preacher from a couple of centuries ago, and he wrote this. Infinite and an infant, eternal and yet born of a woman, Almighty yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting a universe yet needing to be carried in a mother's arms, king of angels, yet the reputed son of Joseph, heir of all things, and yet the carpenter's despised son. Or in the words of J.I. Packer, a recent theologian, the Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation. There are a few people who've had babies this year. And I look around, I see some new ones, that are a couple of months old there and seven months old there. And you imagine God becomes so vulnerable to be our saviour. A marvellous, outrageous act of love. And friends, we are told that we will find joy through this saving king. Be aware, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish nation was under Roman occupation. There was a tyrant king. The people of God were looking forward to a new king to uh, do away with the Romans, a new king who would establish a beautiful kingdom for Israel, that God would be in charge. And the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9 said, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Eight centuries earlier, before Jesus, they prophesied the future, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So the people of God were waiting for this king to come. Then he arrived in a very unusual way. And in Luke 2, that was read to us, we read these words. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. It's quite night for these guys, just doing what they ordinarily did. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, understandably. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He says firstly, do not be afraid. God is in this. You're not used to hearing angels speak to you. This is beyond your comprehension. It is unexpected, but do not be afraid. God is going to do his work. And friends, maybe today at Christmas in 2022, you need to hear those words, do not be afraid. Quite sure which way to turn. And you wonder where God is. And you know and trust God, he is there for you. He knows 
the plans he has for you and he guides your life even through the, the valleys as well as the highs. Do not be afraid. If you want to take something from Christmas as those shepherds said, don't be afraid. God is going to do his work. Don't be afraid. God's going to do his work. Secondly, it's good news. The news we're going to bring you, shepherds, is not bad news. Don't be worried. It's not a word of judgment. It's not a, a word of, uh, of horror, but it's good news. It's the best news in the world. Don't be ashamed of it. Share it with others. Friends, a few years ago, I was running a, a youth camp uh, for some high school students at Jerengong on the south coast. If you've ever been to Jerengong on the south coast, the beach is frightening. I mean, the number of times we almost lost people in rips on that beach, uh, it's amazing. But one day we were running the camp and we had these teenagers and um, it was a Christian camp, but they weren't very Christian and they didn't listen to the teachers at all. And so we tried to uh, lock the doors so they wouldn't escape early in the morning. 14, 15, 16-year-olds got up in the morning. They took off to the beach without us. So we ran up after them and followed them down to the beach. And there they were. There's two of the girls just went straight into the water, city kids, not quite sure about rips and surf and so on. And within a few moments, they were 40 metres out. But then one of the sisters then decided, well, my sister is 40 metres out, she's in a rip, I must go in after her. You can see the disaster about to take place in this place. So she starts to swim and some of her friends start to swim after them. Thankfully, there were some people with some surfboards around the place. And we sent the guys with the surfboards over to this one who was drowning like 20 metres out, while the others were just swimming away. They were quite happy out in the ocean. They didn't know they were in trouble. We brought her back. Then we sent some other people uh, with surfboards out to 30, 40 metres away, and they brought the other girls in. But it's interesting. The girl who was like 15 metres out and drowning, she knew she was in trouble. The people further out didn't know they were in trouble, but they were in terrible trouble too, weren't they? Because they're going to get pulled further and further away. I took a couple of them to hospital, checked them out. Not much fun when you're running a camp and you're the leader, right? Reporting back to parents later, possibly. And that night, though, they all came back and I had to speak. I had to give the talk. And they were pretty rough kids and uh, that, I mean, everyone was traumatised and tired, exhausted. But I had a chance to tell them about God's love. And, they, and I started to speak, as unlike here, where most of you are listening, I hope, unlike there, the kids were talking and they were mucking around and throwing things at each other. Then the girl who almost drowned, she stood up. She said, stop it, everyone. We almost lost our lives today. We almost died. Sit down and listen to what this guy has to say about God. Then I was able to tell him about God's love. I said, God, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, I said, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I said to them, and some of them from different religious backgrounds, I said, there's a God who loves you deeply, entered our world, but he went to the cross for you, he died for you. He loves you, he wants you to be one of his friends. That whoever believes will have life. And I reminded them from Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, I said, that's what we all deserve, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As I spoke, you could hear a pin drop. Because when you're faced with the reality of life and death, there's a more important story to consider. A story of hope, a story of life. See, this message that the angels passed on to the shepherds was one of great joy. 
Coming to Christ, coming to a relationship with Jesus doesn't take away your joy, it brings you joy. It doesn't take away life, quality of life, abundant life. It gives you abundant life. And they're saying, listen guys, this is a message of great joy. It's better than a World Cup win. Tell the Argentinians that. It's better than a European holiday. It's better than four weeks on the beach in Queensland. It's better than the latest cruise you've been on. It's better than a huge pay rise. It's just better. It's the joy of salvation. It's the joy of forgiveness. It's the joy of friendship with God. It's the joy of eternal life. Friends, the birth of this baby was going to change everything. I remember uh, Christian author Josh McDowell has read in many books, including More Than a Carpenter. He was an atheist at university. And um, he was desperately unhappy, although he pretended to be very happy in his life. You know, you can smile. People can smile a lot and talk about how good life is. They do it on Instagram. They do it on Facebook. They, they do it to their friends, person to person. That inside, they're miserable. Inside, they're hurting. Inside, they're broken. That's Josh McDowell. He said, but I ran into Christians at the university. And now we're running a Christian group on campus. And they annoyed me, he said. He said, you know why they annoyed me? They seemed to be happy. They seemed to be joyful. I mean, they weren't perfect, but there was something about them that was radically different. So I went to them and I said, what is it that makes you guys so amazingly joyful and happy and content in life? And I'm so miserable. And they said, Jesus. And he said, no, no, don't talk to me about religion and all that religious stuff. I want to know what's made the difference. And the lady said, we didn't say religion. We said Jesus. We're not talking about following rules and regulations. We're talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He makes all the difference. He then went on to uh, research Christianity, seeking to debunk Christianity, but was convinced by the evidence that Jesus is God's son who died and rose again for us. John Piper is a leading American uh, writer and preacher, and he says this, the best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that we might find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring its infinite beauty. You see God's beauty and you savor it, you delight in it, rejoice in it. But the message to the shepherds was also, it's for all people. Shepherds... Uh, were despised in uh, the first century. Do you know, only the lepers were regarded as lower than the shepherds. Can you imagine that? I didn't think shepherds were that bad. They were just working hard, looking after the sheep. But in terms of the wider society, they were seen uh, just a little bit higher than the lepers. God speaks to them. Friends, that's an important message this Christmas as well. Sometimes people think, you know, church and God and religion is simply for the middle class people or the well-educated people or the, the really attractive people or the, the gifted people. No, no, no. The message is for all people. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what mistakes you've made, whether you're in a hospital today, you're in prison today or gathered in this auditorium or watching on live stream, God's message is for you. Then it's also through a king in the royal line of King David. We talk about being a king, being a, a messiah, being an anointed one. He would be in the line of David, that means in a, in a kingly line. Isaiah 9 says, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Notice that the language describing Jesus. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. 
from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus was born as a king. He reigns now, but he will come at the end of time, at his second coming, to do away with evil and sin and, and disobedience. And he will be seen to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is a saviour. It's about a saviour being Christ the Lord. And you ask the question, what type of saviour, what type of rescuer? I talked about some girls uh, drowning or getting close to drowning at a beach at Jeringong and we sent some lifesavers over to save them, to rescue them. What type of rescuer was Jesus? Matthew 1.21 says, he will be named Jesus because he will save his people, not from the Romans, but from their sins. Friends, we need to be forgiven of our sins. We need our sins dealt with so we can have a relationship with God. A few years ago, uh, my back was playing up. I went to see my chiropractor. And um, he looks at me for a couple of minutes. He calls in the massage therapist. He said, I work on here, here, and here. And this guy starts working on me, but uh, this guy, um, let's say he loves his Christmas lights. He said to me, he said, oh, man, I love Christmas. I decorate my house. They're completely covered in lights. You may have some neighbours like that. Maybe you. Anyone a great decorator of house with Christmas lights? Yeah, one or two. But this guy, he said, oh, man, Ange, I have lights everywhere. Everyone comes past my house to have a look. He said, but I do something unusual. I put up a cross on the roof at Christmas as well. And I know it's not about the baby. There's a nativity scene and the lights, but I also have a cross up at the top. I said, yeah, and what about that? He said, some people have abused me because I put a cross up at the top, and some people love it. He said, you're a pastor, what do you think? First, I said, well, it's a free world, do whatever you like. <laughs> but also I said, well, Jesus' mission from the cradle to the grave via his death was to purchase our salvation. So throw it up there. Let it lead to many good conversations about who Jesus is and why he ultimately came. You know, the Bible says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why he came. We need it saving. We need it rescuing. Friends, that is great news. He's a great saviour king. It's worth embracing and proclaiming. But more than that, another expression the Bible uses is the whole idea that we then get peace with God. Once our sins are forgiven, we're no longer God's enemies, we're now God's friends. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Those who receive God's grace, those who trust in Jesus and receive him into their lives find that they have peace with God, no longer enemies but friends. Friends, the book of Colossians says also these beautiful verses. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's in Jesus, and through him to reconcile, to bring together all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now, those words are really important, but now something has changed. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Peace with God. Friends, we started beginning joy to the world. Why do we sing joy to the world today? 
Because God brings all these blessings one after the other through the birth of his son, Jesus. The ultimate goal of Jesus being born, Jesus dying and rising again, is that glory would go to God, glory to God in the highest. Friends, the guy sang that item just before. Let me finish with that. A beautiful song. And the chorus had, had these words, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise God, rejoice in God, God be praised, God be worshipped. That's what we sing. I wish they could do it again, but no, we won't do that song. We've got a new one to finish up with. So I say to you, as you go home today, in your hearts, sing hallelujah. Praise God for all that he's done for us in the Lord Jesus. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah for the things he has done. Come and adore him. Bow down before him. Sing hallelujah to the light of the world. Light of the world crowned in a manger, born for the cross to suffer, to save. High king of heaven, death is the poorer. We are the richer by the price that he paid. Oh, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah for the things he has done. Come and adore him, bow down before him. Sing hallelujah to the light of the world. You're the light of the world, light up the dark. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for the joy of Christmas. You have brought us blessings through the birth of Jesus, through his life, through his death and through his resurrection. He came to go to the cross. He came to be raised from the dead. He came to bring us forgiveness. He came to bring us reconciliation. He came to bring us peace with you. We thank you that he's a great saviour king. We worship him today. We cry out with our hearts, hallelujah to our saviour. Amen.